Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hello, everyone. How you doing? I'm so excited to be with you this week. How have you enjoyed those series that I've been doing? I've been seeing by a lot of your responses that you like some of the stuff we've been talking about. And I'm seeing that reflective in my comments. So you can always comment and send me an email. You can uh, find me on social media. Always you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Those are probably the fastest or even Messenger. Let me hear from you how you're doing, what you're thinking, what's stirring. And if you've noticed on my Facebook, I've been posting these um, something to ponder before you drift off to sleep. Let me know what you're pondering. It matters to me because we are all in a journey together and we're all at different points in the journey. And guess what else? We are all equipped with unique gifts, strengths, and talents. And we have a race to run, an assignment to fulfill. And that's the why we do Equipped to Be. I just want to introduce you to Debbie Wilson. She's a friend of mine. I'll tell you more about our story when we get into the podcast. But you know, Debbie has been drawing on her walk with the Lord for over 46 years. It's, it's give or take some. Uh, she is a Christian counselor, and she has decades of Bible teaching, which we all love. She really loves to help people, especially overachievers like me, uh, give themselves a break. You know, man, we don't really ever give ourselves permission to give a, a break because I know personally Achiever is one of my top strengths. I mean, I'm always running to the next thing. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next assignment? How can I accomplish this better or do more? Or, you know, you know, you guys know what that's like. And she loves to just kind of give you permission to slow it down a bit and to really focus on living a fulfilling life and a life obedient to the Lord. You're going to love it. She is an author. And she is founder of Lighthouse Ministries. It's a nonprofit ministry, and she offers counseling and life and relationship and a lot of Bible study. So you will absolutely enjoy our time today with Debbie. Hey, Debbie, welcome to the Equipped to Be podcast. I am so glad you're here today. We're going to have a great time. How are you doing? I'm great, Connie. Thank you so much for that introduction, and thank you for having me. Aw. Hey, you know, it's funny. When I called you, I was trying to remember how I actually got in touch with you, but, you know, the writer world, the author world is... It's a very tight community, but it's not an, you know, like an exclusive, like only, you know, they're only going to let certain people in. They, It's like writers know how isolating or how lonely uh, uh, the writing process and journey is. And what I have found about the writing community, Debbie, is they're very friendly. They're very, hey, how can I help you? What can I do? And sharing ideas. And I don't remember how we met, but I remember how generous you were with me when I entered you know, your life. And that was probably, what, three, four years ago now. I think so. I think we had a mutual agent that introduced us or something like that. But yes, I, I loved meeting you, Connie. And you're right. It's so fun to meet other 
writers because sometimes we feel like we're kind of odd people that sit at our computers all day. And so <laughs> talking to no one but the wall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or writing to no one but our computer and we don't want to hit send because it's oh no, it's not good enough. I gotta tweak it a million times. Um, yes. Hey, listen, I I have just appreciated you and I'm gonna tell my audience that don't be afraid. Uh, to reach out to others when when you're in need of some help or you need to bounce ideas off of other people, pray and ask the Lord. And he does reach out. I do remember this about you, Debbie. You were, I don't know why, well, I do know God had you do it, but you were in a season where you felt that you needed to mentor like newbies. And I was as green as the grass. I didn't know anything about writing a book. I didn't know anything about the publishing process, and you are an established author, and you teach at writing conferences. And, you know, God just, I think, had put it on your heart so you could, like, wrap your arms around me and help me with, you know, all that I was going through. Because I was actually going through a rough time when I was writing Parenting Beyond the Rules, and you were so gentle and sweet and kind, and I didn't really know all about you. And as I learned, I realized Wow, God gave me an amazing mentor in you. And so I know I've told you that personally, but I just think, friends, that it's important when people have poured into your life, when they have stepped outside of what they need to do to finish whatever projects they need to do, and they step into your your mess or your assignment, and they do it with love and grace. I just think it's super important to say thank you and and public acknowledgement. So I have to say thank you, Debbie, uh, for doing that for me. My pleasure. And you know, I I think there's a proverb that says the one who waters is watered, and I really believe that that's true. That when God brings people into your life, it's a mutual benefit. And, and I've seen that happen so many times. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You must be a mighty oak tree then after me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watered you a lot. All right, so here's the deal. Let's, let's dive in. You have a passion for God's Word, and you have a gift for taking complex thoughts or parables or scripture passages and breaking them down into practical, relevant um explanations that, that really, I was, I was looking at your book, one of your books, and I was looking at it going, gosh, you just have this amazing way, which is a gift of teaching really. And it manifests itself through your writing where people can go, oh yeah. And, and you've got these, this book that we're going to talk about today. You know, you have several books and I'm going to go ahead and give them a plug and that's Little Women, Big God. It is Big Faith, Big God, Give Yourself a Break. How, how needed are all of those? So today, we're going to talk about this book that I am holding in my hands called Little Faith, Big God, uh, Grace to Grow When Your Faith Seems Small. Why do you? Why did you get that subtitle? I mean, I, I feel like we all know that we sometimes lack faith, but our God is so big. But I loved your subtitle, <laughs> When Our Faith Feels Small. What made you come to that, that particular subtitle? I think that... So often it's easy to put the focus on us instead of on God. And whenever we do that, well, for me, it's just not a healthy thing. And I don't think it's a healthy thing in any time where 
we're supposed to set our minds on the things above. And, and yet so often when we're faced with a challenge or, or a problem or something that comes into our life and we feel overwhelmed, we, we look at ourselves and we go, I don't know if I have, have what it takes. And, and what I saw with these people that God commended for his faith, because little faith, big God is looking at some, is the, some of the people in Hebrews 11. So these are people who are commended for their faith, but they didn't start out with big faith, but they put their little faith in a big God and their faith grew and God grew in their eyes. He's always big, but as we, respond to him in faith our vision of him grows and so therefore our faith grows and and so you know whether you are brand new in your faith if you're just starting out it's not the size of your faith it's the size of your god and when we put our eyes on him then we have the faith to step out and we follow him and as we do that our faith grows Actually, as I'm talking, I I just remembered remember one of those Harrison Ford Indiana Jones movies where he has to step out in the midair and uh-huh. then and then the bridge comes. Uh-huh. Sometimes faith feels like that, but if it's in God, it's not faith in faith. But if it's in God, then it's, it will be secure and it will hold us. Okay, I'm going to pause for a second. Not faith in faith, but faith in God. Yes, that is a tweetable. That's a quotable. I love that. Okay, so when we talk about not faith in faith, but faith in God, and I love the Indiana Jones. Immediately, I went to that movie, and I'm seeing him. You know, if that bridge wasn't going to miraculously appear, that was it. Indiana was gone. End of movie. But, you know, that is not... The Christian faith at all. And, and sometimes I agree with you. We, especially in our current culture, and I, I see more and more that we we're hesitant to put our faith in God because, well, he might disappoint us. Uh, he might not answer our prayer. He might not give me what I want. And all of that stems from our expectations of God. And what I'm hearing you say, Debbie, is no, we got to flip that around. Yes. And you know what's so great with these people, Connie, is that and what you're saying, a lot of times we feel like our walk of faith starts with us. You know, I've got to dream big dreams. I've got to think of what God, you know, I've got to figure it out. I've got to, I've got to come up with a passion and a purpose. But as I look at these people of faith, God is the initiator. I'm the responder. It's his dream. It's his plan. It's his calling. And he doesn't hide that. And so as I respond one step at a time, the next step unfolds. And Abraham is a perfect example of that. God appeared to Abraham while he's living in a pagan family. And he calls him and he says, I want you to go live someplace else. And I've got all these plans for you. I don't know how much Abraham knew him, but he packed up and he went. And that was the first step of faith. Debbie, has there ever been a time that you can remember? It was like a defining moment for you where you could, in a heartbeat right now, 
you could say, yeah, that that happened to me. This was my experience. Do you have some anything you could share that is, you know, not too, too long, but you can share that illustrates that? Sure. Well, I, I would say one of those is when I was in college, I got involved with a, a campus ministry and I decided to go to a conference called Senior Panic. And I went because it described me. I was a senior and I did not know what I was going to do when I graduated. I was like looking at graduate school. I was looking at internships. I was looking at where to live. And so I thought, senior panic, I'm going. Well, on the way there, I told the girl I was riding with, now, I don't want to go into ministry. I just want, I don't want anybody talking to me about ministry. I know one thing I do not want to do, but I do not want to do ministry. Um, and so, of course, you can guess what happened. I, 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 they went through all these different ministries and the very last one, I felt like the Lord was saying, I want you. And I argued and wrestled. And I mean, I didn't sleep the whole night because I was like, Lord, I, no, I, <laughs> no, you know, I felt like our perfect God had made his first mistake. And I just wanted him to know that, that he was wrong. And so I said, okay, I'll go to the interview. And I remember the staff interview. And so I was asking them all these questions. And I was pretty, um, I was pretty young in my faith as far as really understanding this walk into with God's thing. And, and they said, how sure are you of your calling? And I said, a hundred percent, because this is not anything I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't lay in bed and think, what's my purpose? Oh, this is my purpose. <laughs> But Connie, it was the best thing for me because I grew up being on, in ministry because I was in I was thrown in where I had to teach Bible study, so I had to study the Bible, and I found I love studying the Bible and I love teaching. And but I would have never known that if I hadn't been thrown into it. So um, yes, I can definitely uh, relate to that. Wow. You know, writing is a tough business, isn't it? Yes. Uh, because I feel like you have to live what you write. Oh, I know. Oh, it's kind of like praying for patience, isn't it? It's like, no, don't yeah. ever pray for patience because pro I promise you, uh, you, you will be in for a ride. So, you know, it's funny because when I, people have often said, you know, why did you write Parenting Beyond the Rules now? Like your kids are grown. Or why are you talking about like how to homeschool, how to lead an organization, how to, you know, speak on various platforms? And my, especially the parenting one, which is so, you know, near and dear to my heart is, is because I, the best example, Debbie, I can give, and it's probably, it's a, it's certainly a, you know, a Indiana Jones type of analogy, but Debbie, you know, it was one of those when I was in it, when I was living it, it's almost like I had, I didn't really know how this was going to go. You know, it was a 50-50 coin toss. Would they walk with the Lord? I mean, we can't make our kids walk with the Lord. They can know a whole lot about God, but we can't make that them have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, 
And I wanted them to have a relationship, not just know about him. Everybody, you know, a lot of people know about it. And it's like, yeah, take it or leave it. No, 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 no. It's way different than that. Uh, I, and I didn't know, like, what would our relationships look like when they didn't have to come home? They didn't have to call me. They didn't, you know, I, they weren't needing money, any of that. And people have asked me that a lot. And I've had to say, because for me, I had to live it. I had to walk through it so that I could be able to speak to it. And then all those years, Debbie, as you and I have talked, you know, when I was writing Parenting Beyond the Rules, all those years where I was hosting these kids, uh, you know, anywhere between 10 and 60 a week would come into our house and I would just listen. And that takes time. So that kind of research isn't, you don't read about it. You have to live it and experience it. And you know, with yours going through the college experience, that makes the story, it brings color and life and light to the story. And not everybody's like that, but I do think there's a certain element of that that's very important. And sometimes it's missing in in mm-hmm. in our society. Would you agree with that? Um, yes, I, I do think that that you can tell the difference when someone is sharing something that they know in their head and something they're living in their lives that comes from their heart. And, and, um, it's an intangible thing, but there are times I've left a place and thought what they said was good, but something was missing. Mm. And I don't know if that is what you're talking about, but I do think that there are some things that, you do have to go through to really know them. And, and, you know, going back to the, the people that God talked about in Hebrews 11, Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that makes their story so rich is in Hebrews 11, it names these little paragraphs and you're like, wow, wow. Yeah, they did this. You go read their backstories and wow. (laughs) They're people just like us. They had ups and downs and three steps forward and two back. And um, and they they fell down and they didn't always do it right. And and God said, these are the ones I'm holding up mm. as examples of faith. And and so that encourages me that God uses us, Connie, like you said, he takes us through these things. Because that's really how we know God, isn't it? Yeah. It's by walking with him. It's reading the scriptures informs us of what he's like and is so important. But then we have to go out and live the scriptures. We want the scriptures to live, to come through us, not just us to go through them. Oh, I love what you just said. We have to let the scripture live through us. It, it sounds like something that um, I always say, people would often say, you know, what chapter and verse is such and such? And s- to be honest with you, sometimes I don't remember. And because of this reason, I want to live my life chapter and verse. I mean, I, I, I don't want to have to give the chapter and verse. I, I just want people to see something, something that's different, how we talk, how we speak, how we listen, how we serve, how we conduct our life, how we thirst after God's word without, you know, posting, oh, I was just doing da-da-da-da-da, or, you know, shining some light on, again, what we are doing. So let's, I'm going to go back to the to the book a little bit, uh, Little Faith, Big God. 
when you and I were talking about this, I know you, this primary is talking about uh, Abraham, Noah, Jacob, and I mean, obviously those are all good. Those, those are all pretty important. But you said something to me in a conversation that I just kind of want to highlight, and that was about Moses. You, you made a comment how, you know, Moses did have it all. He, he really did. And God said, hey, I'm picking you. Miss Hand wasn't raised saying, pick me, pick me. I want to do it. He, there was a cost. And when you think about Noah and Jacob and Abraham, and you think about Enoch, you also have to realize, and I think you do a beautiful job in your book about showing us what that cost looked like. And the the real stuff, like you and I, when when God tells us to do something, you're like, mm, really? I don't know. That's going to be, I don't know how to do that. I don't know if you remember that conversation we had, but if you do, um, I would love for you to share it. Just the cost, or maybe even the conversation that Moses was having or the decision that he had to make. I'm not sure if I remember the conversation, but I think one of the costs for Moses was he was a prince living in a palace and he chose to identify with the people of God and consider disgrace with, you know, in the Egyptians eyes of greater value than being um, a, a prince in Egypt. So there was definitely a cost. I think, you know, even in with Noah, there was a, a, a cost in that he was faithful. And for 120 years, he was called a preacher of righteousness. And yet when he boarded the ark, not one neighbor joined him. So, Connie, if you were doing something for 120 years and you had no takers, would you feel like a failure? That's a, I would. What a great, yes, of course. I'd be like, come on, guys, let's let's do this. And yeah, you know, that's a, that's a, a beautiful way of framing Noah's, the human side of Noah, uh, the internal conflict, maybe. He, it's not written about, obviously, in scripture, but no. yeah, that's, that's clearly another thing. But I, he was faithful. Yeah, yes. but he was faithful. And because he was faithful, we're here today. So he didn't get to see. I don't know how much he got to see of what happened. But I'm thinking when God shut the door and the rain started coming, he might have had a really heavy heart. How would you equate that? to today, not in a political stance, okay, but just mm-hmm. in, we've we've gone through, 2020 was a very difficult year for, for the world. Mm-hmm. Everybody had a different assignment, a different role, different feelings, different emotions, and some people felt the need to, you know, speak up or speak out, again, not political, but do you yeah. think there are modern day Abrahams or Noahs that God mm-hmm. is saying, do this? And, you know, people aren't showing up applauding them. They're doing it in the secret place, in quiet, in uh, just yeah. uh, being obedient. Do you see that now? Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely do. And I, and I think the, 
what I draw from these examples is that our job is to be faithful. Whatever he tells us to do. And so I can imagine for Noah, it's like, okay, Lord, do you want me to still keep preaching this message? Do you still want me to keep telling them that that um, there's a flood coming? Do you still want me to keep telling them that they can get on the ark? Because when he lived, we it, it's dark. There's a lot of darkness now, and we can feel the darkness, and we've been separated from each other. But at least we have Zoom. We have telephones. <laughs> we can connect with other believers. Noah had no other believers but his family. He had no Bible studies to go to, no churches to connect with, no Christian luncheons to attend. Mm. He, he, there was nobody else in his culture. He was the only one, and his family came on the ark, and and he was faithful. I mean, when I studied that, his life this time, I was just blown away by his steadfastness. And I had, you know, when you hear that story, I never really looked at it from what it would be like to be Noah and his family in a time where, you know, they were mocked and, and who knows what they went through. What a, I'm sitting here, actually, Debbie, I'm just listening to that going, uh, all right, he he wasn't in a little subdivision. <laughs> you know, it, it just wasn't like that. And he didn't have somebody cheering him on, go, Noah, go, Noah, you're doing such a great job. God's going to be... No, and it just made me think, Debbie, in all of your your studies of God's Word and, and the people that God highlights and mentions and commends in Scripture... He's not telling us that there's going to be a fan club or followers or likes or engagements. And I I can imagine as a, as a person, as my personality, that would be really hard. But I guess my challenge that I'm hearing you say, and, and I'm, I always just want to say this to my listeners, what are you doing that's not getting recognized, but you're doing it because God has told you to do it? If nobody said, well done, if nobody liked the meme you posted on social media, if nobody came along, not even your husband, it, uh, let's just, if you're married or wife, and your kids didn't say, thank you, mommy, you're so wise and wonderful. If no one said anything, would you still be faithful? Which makes me think about uh, another question, and that is, because we're coming to the end of the show. You know, knowing a big God changes how we face our failures and our disappointments because we know part of this, many of the stories in scripture, all these people were flawed and broken and they had failures and, you know, they weren't always stellar perfection. You know, they just weren't the epitome of perfection. They were the epitome of faithfulness and sometimes not faithfulness. So, hey, Debbie, as we think about this, how do the people in Hebrews 11 show that God remembers our faith and not our flaws. Oh, you know, that is one of the themes that really stood out to me in this, Connie. And it's seen how God dealt with these people when they fell down. I mean, Abraham is a great patriarch and a man of faith, but he lied twice calling Sarah, his wife, his sister, so that the king wouldn't come after him to, and hurt, harm him to take Sarah. 
So Sarah was put in the king's harem. Well, I don't know how long most bridegrooms wait to consummate their marriage, but that puts Sarah in a pretty bad spot. And God rescued her. And um, and then God points Abraham on his way. He doesn't chastise him. He lets a pagan king do that. In fact, at one time, he tells the pagan king to ask. He says, this is my man. You ask him to pray for you and he'll heal you and, you, and I'll heal you. I'm like, are you kidding? He wasn't ashamed to be associated with Abraham after Abraham's just blown it. Mm. And and I love the story. I mean, all of them, but if I can tell one more. Yeah. Okay. Jacob deceives his father, tricks his brother. Uh, well, he deceives his, his father and steals the... Um, blessing from his brother. And so he's fleeing for his life. I mean, he is in a low place. He is a scoundrel. And at that low point, when Jacob has done everything wrong, God gives him this amazing dream with this ladder between earth and heaven. And the Lord is at the top of the ladder. And he tells Jacob, I've chosen you. It's going to be through you and your ancestors that my son, the Messiah is going to come and everything I've promised Abraham is going to take place. Are you kidding me? Jacob has blown it. <laughs> <laughs> There's hope for us. There's hope for us. <laughs> and, and God says, you, yeah, you blew it. You didn't have to do that. I, had already, I picked you before you were born. Why did you, you know, he doesn't even say why. He just says, I've picked you. And, and Connie, this just shows me that, um, God's grace is amazing, and our faith is a response to His grace. and And that, and when we live there, we're in a good place, and we're going to please God, and we're going to be satisfied in our Christian lives. Which kind of goes back to what we just said at the very beginning. I mean, that's part of your passion is is that very thing that we do have. Uh, a fulfilling life in our walk with the Lord and not live in defeat and discouragement and, oh, I just didn't measure up again. Uh, as we, and literally as we close, I I just want to uh, mention a couple of things that you had sent me, and that is, what would your relationship with God be like if you believed Jesus, one, wants the pleasure of your company, two, cares more about you than your performance. As an overachiever, uh, yeah, I'm constantly looking at, am I measuring up? Am I doing enough? Of course I could be doing enough. It's a vicious, hard cycle. But, you know, almost half the population, Debbie, that is that is an internal thing that they have to battle all the time. Th- three, that uh, if you believe Jesus, uh, he designed spiritual growth to be an ongoing journey. And not an instant change, which we live in an instant culture. I, It should happen now. It should be answered now. It should Change should happen immediately. And Debbie, you know a little of my story, and that is I have been in a... You entered my life, not just in a book writing process, but in a years-long trial. And it was hard, and I was just kind of one step after another. But I was I was determined not by my might or will, but I was determined 
you you can rest, but you can't quit. God is not finished. So I love that. And for that Jesus delights in who you are becoming and isn't put off by our weaknesses. Thank you so much for that statement. That is so, that's just so important. So if you if you can, uh, I will let you share the little faith, big God. It helps you do what? It- well, I believe that the stories that God has recorded remind us that it's, again, not, not to focus on the size of our faith, but to keep our eyes on the size of our God. We have a big God, and He's bigger than our weaknesses. He's bigger than our problems. <laughs> and and we there's so much noise in the world right now that can overwhelm us, but it, our God is still on the throne. And these the the stories that he's recorded in the scripture remind us he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can trust him. He is with us and he is for us. Hallelujah. Amen. I I just could we just talk like every day. I think you just like pour right in. You're like a pitcher full of of great illustrations and examples. Where can people find you, Debbie? Because I know uh, the message that God has given you and your amazing way to communicate the stories and illustrations. They're not stories, they're truths in God's word. How can people get a hold of you? Uh, my website is Debbie, D E B B I E W Wilson. So there are two W's together, dot com. And if you would like to uh, get free resources, I'm at refreshingfaith.com. And you can sign up for my blog that comes out every week. And I would love to connect with your listeners. And I will have all this in the show notes, Debbie, so people can connect with you on social media. They can uh, reach out to you. And I would love, you know, listeners, listen, you need to get Little Faith, Big God. Uh, you need to get give yourself a break, especially if you're in that particular season where you've been going, going, and, and you need some encouragement uh, and you need permission to kind of like give yourself a break. That God is still doing a great work, even if you don't think you are achieving that much. And of course, Little Women, Big God. And I think you have something else in the hopper. And that's for another podcast, I'm sure. But um, thank you for pouring in to my listeners. And thank you for being uh, your gift of availability and your willingness to share it so that others can be equipped uh, for the assignment that they have been called. And I, I just appreciate you so much. Thank you, Connie. I've really enjoyed talking with you today. Hey, friends, I hope you enjoyed my time with Debbie. Listen, I'm going to have it on the show notes, so make sure you visit ConnieAlbers.com on the podcast. The show notes will be there. The links will be there. Uh, Follow Debbie on social media, uh, on her website, read her blogs, and of course, join me at Equipped to Be. Also, you can find out different resources that we have available for you, but just don't forget, God has equipped you to be a doer of God's Word, and He's provided amazing resources through people like Debbie to help you grow in your faith so you don't wrestle with little faith, but you see your big God. Thanks for joining me today, friends. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.